dealing with numerous symptoms. Yes, I've had doctor's appointments. Yes, I'm on an antibiotic and so forth. It was, I guess, a combination of some sort of virus along with a uh, dental surgery that I had just right before Christmas and it kind of really has knocked me for a loop and I have uh, truly uh, been uh, just out of it the last couple of days my um, temperature is elevated and so I I feel uh, so uh, discouraged that I'm not with you this morning um, all the years that I've been in Otterbein this will be the first Sunday that I ever did miss because of being sick and I missed for other reasons, but um, I didn't know what else to do here this morning because uh, Josh Lance is in Wayne's Bar at Blue Rock Church uh, th there this morning. This was prearranged, and uh, none of us had any way of knowing about this. So we're going to try this. I hope I have the strength to talk and that you can hear me and uh, that you can at least get something from this idea or this point that the Lord has laid on my heart having to do with the wise men and the story of those men who followed that star. I understand Christmas is done, but uh, the evening before Christmas or the Wednesday evening before Christmas in our Wednesday evening group, we discussed the logistics and the, uh, the, the, the situation of these men, and it really just stimulated my thinking, and I wanted to tie this story in with the fact that we're heading into a new year because these wise men were heading off into a future. They had no idea what they would find or where they would find it, and that's exactly how we are. So I pray that you can hear. I pray that I can uh, refrain from coughing and that you can receive some blessing from the Lord. I apologize um, for having this format, but really just didn't know what else could do. I uh, thought yesterday I had this stuff past me, I was doing so much better, and then today it really hit me with a, with a quite a rebound and uh, been quite weak and sick. Now, uh, the scripture, which I did not put in your scripture notes, it's just simply an omission, is in Matthew chapter 2. You're familiar with the story. I'm going to read a few verses there in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Judea, in Bethlehem of Judea, during the time of Herod the king, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the, peop the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they said, this is to fulfill what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means are least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd or be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search of the child. As soon as you find him, report him to me so that I too may go and worship him. Yeah. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they'd seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the house, where the young child lay, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. 
with his mother Mary, and they presented him there with their treasures of gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their, their country by another route. This is such a familiar story. I know we've all heard it many times, but I want to uh, just dwell on it a moment to take a point or two out of it and try to relate it to our lives, especially to the issue of commitment. Because if there's anybody in the scripture who, who, who uh, demonstrated commitment, it was certainly these wise men who followed that star and kept following that star even though uh, it, their, their journey uh, had stops and starts. But they didn't give up and they didn't get quit and that, they didn't quit and that's what commitment is and that's what I want to bring out. I have some PowerPoints on the overhead. Hopefully somebody can share them or, or turn them and you can follow along in my thinking. The wise men followed the star because <coughs> excuse me, they wanted to find the Christ. Uh, this seems just good to go without saying. This is what they wanted. This is what they believed was their mission. This was what pursued them and motivated them all through this journey. They wanted to find the Christ. And they interpreted that star to be the star of the King of the Jews, who they believed was the Savior, the Christ, for all the nations who would be able to provide uh, redemption and substitution and so forth. So they followed the star. Why? Just adventure? No. Uh, just because they were young and, and, and had a lot of energy and had a little extra money and they just thought they'd just take their GPS and head out? No. Wasn't anything like that. They interpreted a, 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 a sign and they were 100% serious about that sign. They followed the star only because, not because they wanted to travel, not because they wanted to have their story in the New Testament, not because they wanted us to write songs about them, we three kings of Orient, none of those things. They simply had a singular mission, and that was they wanted to find the Christ, and they believed that the star would lead them there. Now, you know the story, and I read this, how that Jesus was in Bethlehem. Where did they find this out? Well, it wasn't in Bethlehem. In fact, they found out that Jesus was in Bethlehem when they were in Jerusalem. And I say to myself, what in the world are the wise men doing in Jerusalem when they were supposed to go to Bethlehem? That's where the Christ was. That's where the star eventually took them. How in the world did they wind up in Jerusalem about seven miles away from the target? Well, I don't know the answer. No one really knows the answer. But what I do know is that this was a crude, crucial, critical moment in their journey. Because when they realized that they had come to a, a location, and Jerusalem was nice. Can you imagine after being in the desert for probably months, and you came into Jerusalem, and there's a, a hotel with soft beds, and there's some, you know, uh, some nice music and, and so forth. I mean, it surely was tempting at that point. I mean, they surely were tired of this long journey just to say, ah, oh, this is nice. We'll just stay here. Forget the star. Forget, forget the Christ. Um, we came close, surely, but that was not their attitude. 
Christ was in Bethlehem. Somehow they wound up in Judea, or I mean in Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, they had to take stock and reorient and recommit their life to this quest, to this journey. Uh, they could have just, as I said, let this vision of all the plush surroundings get to them and say, ah, you know, maybe we'll come back next year and we'll find the child when he's a little older. But they were not, they were not there for that. Somehow, they ended up in the capital city rather than the hamlet of Bethlehem, probably just because they sort of thought maybe if he was royalty, he would be hanging around Jerusalem somewhere. The Bible doesn't say. But they ended up there. And there is where they had to say, you know what? Jerusalem is wonderful, but we didn't come here to be in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, is, is wonderful, all of, the, all of the hotels and the restaurants and the accommodations. This is great, but that's not why they were there in Jerusalem. And so they let all these things filter away, and they used this moment to reorient and recommit their life, their efforts, to finding the Christ child. And we know, because the story goes on to tell us, ultimately they were successful. And they did find the Christ child, and they were able to bring in their gifts, and they were able to worship him. Uh, but it was not a straight path. That's the part I really want to highlight. You can have commitment to a goal, and God will lead you to that goal, but not necessarily in a straight line. And this is what the wise men found. They had to uh, realize that they, their goal was not a straight path from where they left. They had to realize that though their search was ultimate, ultimately successful, it was not a straight path to their goal. Their motive was pure. However, they still had to exercise great determination to get them through all the detours and all the distractions of Jerusalem, and whatever else they came across. This was an epic story. This is an epic story. And these men are really epic heroes, I think. But they're heroes because of their commitment. They're not heroes because they almost made it to Bethlehem. They're not heroes because they got within six, eight miles and called it quits. They're not heroes because they kind of roused the public's awareness and the scribes said, oh, Maybe somebody has been born king of the Jews. We really weren't paying attention. None of those are why they are our heroes. None of those are the reason that they were traveling. They interpreted the sign as being the sign of God's Messiah to the world. And they were going to stay on that thing like a honeybee who's pursuing, a, you know, pursuing a victim or something. They're just not going to give up. They're just going to stay uh, on, on the path of commitment all the way until they found what God had led them and directed them to find. So this little box here in your sermon notes I have here, God wanted them to find the Christ. I mean, that's why he sent the sign. That's why he sent the star. God enabled them to do so. But, are you ready? God did not remove all the obstacles. God did not make their quest simple. Oh my, it would be so nice if while we are making our commitment to the Lord and while we're seeking to follow Christ and serve Him and love Him and, 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 and be part of His church and His kingdom, it would be so nice if, if it was simple. 
And if we start out to Bethlehem, we got to Bethlehem. Quickly, easily, and obstacle-free. But not these men. They did not. <coughs> and so what makes their story an analogy to our world today, this is the last day of 2023. Tomorrow's a new year. We're heading into unknown territory, just like those people. They, just like those men, they did not know. They had no clue. Some of the part, some of the, um, some of the things that they would encounter or that they would find. And I want to talk about one of them in particular in a minute. But let me just use the sermon notes here to say this: Looking into this coming year, we realize that the future is unknowable. Therefore, it is unpredictable. If you think. You know what's going to happen next week. Uh, you're not as smart as you maybe think you are. None of us do. It's just the life of human beings on this planet. And so the journey of our faith is a lifelong pursuit of God to worship and serve Him. And pursuit succeeds only through commitment. I have some scripture verses there in your sermon notes. You can look them up. Where, where we're told the Lord is, is going gonna, gonna, to uh, acknowledge and He's going to bless commitment. Not starting the journey, not getting to Jerusalem, not uh, having a great adventure and, and thinking, well, that was quite a, uh, that was quite a, a journey, but uh, what did it amount to? That's not what God blesses. He blesses commitment that keeps going all the way until the Christ that the star signified till you found him. That is what the Lord looks for. Um, you know, these men did a very noble thing. And we look at that with great enthusiasm. This story comes across with great power. We applaud it. Yay, the wise men. And yet, think about this. They are anonymous. We don't have a clue who they were or even where they lived. It's okay for us to applaud the wise men. But I wonder if maybe God kept their names out of the record. Just because he didn't want the mistaken view that they were heroes because they were coming to Christ. See, this is the crucial point. This is what I want you, hopefully you do not miss. God shines the star in your world for only one purpose. And that is that you would come to Christ. That you would pursue it all the way. That you, that, that would be the commitment of your life all the way. It's okay for us to applaud the wise men. But they're not heroes in the sense that they were doing God a favor. And that's what I think sometimes we... Uh, sometimes sort of uh, get sidetracked on. We think, oh, what a wonderful person he is, or what a wonderful person she is, just doing the Lord great favor in their work in his kingdom, but nobody's doing God a favor. They're just following the star. And the reason God sent them the star was because he wanted them to find the Christ. It's, it's not for them to become a hero. It's, it's uh, when God goes to the trouble to put a star... In the, in the air and shines it into someone's personal space, he expects something out of that person. Exactly like what he got from these wise men. They gave him everything in that journey 
And I want to ask you, on this last day of the year, as we symbolically kind of head into the unknown future, what is your gift to God? What is your pursuit? Are you committed to what the star is shining and, and signing to you, or are you just on a lark? This is the question. A couple of points yet. Even, number one, even when my motives are pure, events will still surprise and disappoint me. I, I, I just heartbreak, my heart breaks when I read the story of these wise men who were seeking to do something good. They had this wonderful vision. They interpreted it as a sign. They were so happy and excited on pursuing this, and they were making. They made a hundred percent commitment to this goal. And they got to Jerusalem, and they ran into a snag. Uh, it seemed like initially they were doing more harm than they were doing good. Remember, we read how Herod came and said. Well, what's this star you're talking about? What's this baby? Who is he? Oh, another king. I uh, tell you what, go find that young man and tell me where he is. I'd like to worship him myself. So the horrible part is that the wise men probably realized at some point later on when it says the Lord gave them a warning that they had actually stirred up more trouble than they had done good. Think about this. Herod was unaware that a baby was born. The scribes knew the scriptures, but nobody was talking to each other, and, and uh, Herod didn't know anything about it. Once the wise men brought it to his attention, Herod went into overdrive, and eventually he slaughtered all these innocent infants in the city of Bethlehem. That was directly due to the wise men who had pure motives, who were doing the best they could to follow the star, and to, 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 to live their commitment out to finding the Messiah. And yet it blew up in their face. And I have to say, I'm sure every single one of us, without exception, have been there. We, we decided we want to do some good. We find a way we can serve or a place or something, and we jump in and we say, I just want to help. I want to find the, the, the Christ child. I want to follow the star. The next thing we know, everything blows up in the face. And you know, when God came to the wise men and said, um, I don't want you going back the way you came, it calls that a warning. This was not about the scenery in the desert. In other words, God didn't say, you know, I think you would enjoy a different uh, scenery on your way back. Why don't you go... Uh, down south and cross over at, at Petra. Why don't you do something different? No. The Lord gave them a warning. And when God gives you a warning, you realize, uh-oh, I stuck my toe out a little too far, and God's trying to keep some disaster from happening. I, I, nothing we can do about it. We've all been there. But I'm simply saying it's part of this. It's It's part of this reality that even when my motives are pure, events will still surprise me and disappoint me. That's part of being a Christian. 
I wanted to do right. I thought I was doing right. I meant to help out. And it seems like, oh my, all I did was make a mess. These are things that are difficult. These are things the wise men had to deal with. And they had to turn these things over to God and realize, okay, if God can lead us there, then God can protect that baby from Herod. God can figure out a way. And sometimes we just have to leave it in God's hands. It's number two, because I pursue evil, I'm sorry, because I pursue Christ, evil will be disturbed and defiant against me. You know, you've all heard and read the phrase that says, well, Herod was disturbed or he was angry and all Jerusalem was disturbed with him because that's who he was. He was a tyrant and, you know, when he got angry down at the White House, things were not in good shape and there was a, there was a lot of heads would probably roll. This is just who Herod was. He was a tyrant. And so the wise men had to realize that their pursuit with a pure motive of Jesus Christ actually stirred up more evil and more trouble than had been before they showed up. This is the nature of Satan. This is the nature of, of the, of, of the uh, slaughter of, of the innocents. It's a, it's a symbol of persecution many places throughout history around the world of Christians who are put to death, Christians who are tortured, Christians who are isolated from their families um, only because they pursued Christ. They had no policy about the government. They have nothing to say about the emperor or the king. They're just pursuing Christ. But that threat stirs up all kinds of defiance and this is part of how life will always go. This is why God had to give them a warning. He said, you know, I know that you meant well. You had no way of knowing, but all you did was stir up a persecution. It doesn't make sense. It's sad to us, but it is the price of commitment in our Christian life and in this Christian community. And in this coming year, it may be even more than we have ever experienced before. One more thought, number three. My life is my gift. But even though my service to God may be applauded or appreciated by the people, it can never be seen as doing God a favor. God has shined his star, his light, his self-revelation upon me because God expects me to come to Christ. I'm only saying this as we close, as I close today. There's one reason that God put you in a home where you heard the gospel. There's one reason that God put you in a, perhaps a church community where you were able to read or understand or hear or be taught. It's not for entertainment. That's the star. And you are expected to come to him, follow that star. It's not doing God a favor any more than the wise men were doing him a favor. He was... He was putting this there for their good, and the same is true for us. Uh, it's easy for us sometimes to think maybe, oh, God must be so impressed with me. Um, I, I'm surely doing him a great favor by loving folks or helping folks or giving money or whatever. And these are all wonderful things. But that's not why God gave you the gospel. That's not why that uh, the message of salvation has come to you. It's come to you just like the star shining in the east. 
for you to follow and to be committed to 100%. That's the story of those wise men. It's the story of, of commitment. And commitment um, is, is there no matter what the circumstances. Whether I am detoured in Jerusalem or anything else, no, that matters. With what matters with commitment is I will continue to follow, I will continue to serve, I will continue to pursue God all of my life with all of my faculties. This is why he makes known to us his revelation. I pray you have a wonderful day and I pray that the Lord blesses these thoughts to your heart today.